episode 52 of the App Advice Weekly Podcast. This is your host, Trevor Sheridan of AppAdvice.com, and joining me as usual is my co-host, Brett Nolan of AppAddict.net. Join us this week as fancy new games slump their way into the App Store room. How are you doing today, Brett? I'm doing pretty good. It was a, a nice week for uh, games, a couple of big titles and uh, smaller ones as well, but uh, it, overall it was a nice, fun weekend of mobile gaming for me. Yeah, the games are able to fill in the time because there's no real Apple news going on. They are going to announce their curly earnings on February 1st, so this Thursday, and then we'll be able to talk about it on the next episode. But for now, no real Apple news going on. Nope. And so we'll go right to some apps. And one interesting app we're going to talk about this week is called Serist. It's S-E-R-I-S-T, and it's an app to help you track the TV shows that you watch. I've been looking for an app like this for a while. I've tried out probably a dozen going, trying if it matches up the idea I want with a TV tracking app. And so with Cirrus, the main idea is that you can just simply input what you're watching right now, tonight, in the past. You can select the specific date. Say you forgot last week that you watched a new episode of whatever show. You can then go on the calendar and specifically market for that date and then everything that you do is going to be connected to track.it or whatever it is that special service to track <laughs> <Yeah>. everything <laughs> yeah and so that way it's all synced up w- online you know this app is independent but it still connects over and then also the main kind of thing with all these tv show tracking apps is it's really about i'm sitting down at the tv watching it and then you're going to use the app Cirrus separates itself because you can do it after the fact. I'm not looking at my phone when I'm watching TV. I'm weird like that. And so it might be a couple days or a week before I get around to marking it down. And so now you can do that. And then there's also a watch list feature. So say you watch Game of Thrones, it'll remind you way in like 2019 when you completely forgot that it's even on. <laughs> it's coming back and it's just all kinds of different watch list features. Yeah, so I well, I can see this as a useful app for certain people who like to like track what they've been watching. It even gives you an account of like all the hours you've spent watching TV, and maybe you don't necessarily want to see that. Uh, <laughs> but for me, I, I don't know. It, outside of taking a look at it for this podcast, it's really not something I think I'm gonna. It's gonna fit into my normal routine just because. I tend to use the one pass feature on my TiVo. I set a one pass for the shows that I watch. It keeps track of whenever those new episodes, they just pop up. I watch them. They disappear. I know I watched them, but there are some features having said that there are some features that still, I think you could, would be useful. Like you just mentioned with game of Thrones, it'll, if you don't necessarily want to track every single episode that you watched and keep track of that, you can be, just set it up so these are the shows I watch. Let me know when they're premiering. And like shows will go off for the fall and then they'll come back. And so if you want to just never miss a show, like maybe you don't use a season pass feature or maybe you still do of your DVR, it'll at least alert you to like, hey, this show's coming up on Tuesday or tonight this show is going to premiere. So you might want to make time for it. So even though you are automatically recording it, maybe if you're using a DVR, at least 
it kind of alerts you that these events are coming up to remind you about these shows that you may completely forget and they're filling up your DVR and you don't even realize they've started airing again. So there's certain aspects of it that I think even if you don't want to take the whole thing, you can still get some nice use out of it. The one thing for me was just sometimes I want to know when did I watch Mr. Robot season one or last April was what was I watching? And so if you actually keep up to date on tracking this stuff, then you can see how long, cause I like to have a big gap instead of burning through an entire thing. I kind of like to savor it cause there's so many different things to watch and you can jump around. So it's good to kind of put that gap out there and then just see what you're watching, especially if your viewing habits are kind of scattered. Like one night you're watching something on HBO now, and then you flip over and you're watching on Amazon and then you're watching on Netflix and then you're not even doing any live TV or anything. You can keep, you know, individual watch lists for each of those services, but this lets you kind of aggregate them all together. So those ones don't always communicate with one another. So this app kind of lets you keep track of it yourself rather than just keeping a note or a spreadsheet or something. Right. Well, and that's where I think this doesn't really appeal to me as much because I have that feature on my TiVo where I can set these one passes even for stuff that's out on like Netflix and all these others. So all my content is located in one place, all those wish lists, all those things. So I think that's just why it doesn't necessarily appeal to me as much, but that aspect, I could definitely see someone who doesn't have a device that takes all of these and aggregates them into a single wish list. That'll that's great because now you can see. Oh wait, I have all these episodes I haven't seen yet of this show on Netflix. Maybe it's time to binge it. And so, like, I just the other night I happened to do that. I noticed I never finished the whole season two of Stranger Things. So I over two nights basically binged eight episodes worth and just completed the entire season. And so now it disappeared from my list where if you were using Cirrus, you would have it on there as well. You could see that you watch them all now and maybe start to pan through and see what other shows have a whole bunch of episodes that have kind of queued up. And now it's time to sit down and binge that next show. Yeah, I use it more like letterboxed for movies where it's a movie journal thing where I can see when I went and saw Last Jedi or greatest showman or whatever the case so i just kind of do that thing with the tv show rather than caring about what's coming forward yeah i mean and so i'm the exact opposite i just use i would use this only to see what's coming forward and not necessarily keep a a record of what i've played or watched because i do use an app for playing when i play uh board games to keep track of the various board games i've tried and played and that keeps dates and you can see who you can put in who won and so i do use an app for that i just I don't know. For some reason, the TV shows, it just doesn't kind of click that box for me. But I could see where this would definitely be useful for some people. And then it can, you know, you can use the app in either scenario. It has that appeal no matter what your perspective. So that's what makes it worthwhile talking about this week. Yep. And so that's Cirrus. It's two ninety nine, and it's universal. And that means it's time for some new games. And the first one is continuation of a very popular series and it's the room old sins it's the fourth installment and so we had one two and three and now this is kind of a pseudo spin-off and then it's just this old sins standalone but it's still set in the same universe it has that whole idea of this overarching void that is in this entire kind of series and so now it focuses on this 
intricate little dollhouse. And you're going to try to figure out how to get into the different parts of the dollhouse. And then once you're in, you have to figure out every little clue that you possibly can. It's that classic room setup where you have these ornate 3D puzzle adventure levels with this tactile design where you get to pick up handles and pull it. Or you have switches and you flip it. So it feels like it's live under your finger. And then everything you do, you get to see these ornate boxes and pieces of the dollhouse kind of unfold right before your eyes when you get that proper solution. And then, again, there's that overarching kind of sense of mystery over this dollhouse in the attic of this new character that's not really in that 1, 2, and 3 series. Yeah, I mean, the third one of these came out in November 2015, so it's been a while since we've gotten one, and these are large games. There's a lot of content to play through, and it is so beautifully made. And the thing I really like about this one in particular, it is all within that that dollhouse, but as you finish portions of the game, it closes out rooms in the dollhouse so you can't go back into this room so you know you completed everything you need to do in that room so at least you still have to figure things out but at least you know i don't need to go back to this particular area that's done i can focus trying to find the item or the clue or me or whatever the other piece i need to, to to start triggering a new set of uh puzzles to solve a, a bunch of new puzzles to move forward i know it's going to be elsewhere and i i love that about the game where there are times where you feel completely lost you're like what did i miss there's something i gotta find something i gotta turn look at i gotta use my special viewer something to start on that new trail and then it because they kind of black out these areas it makes it a little less confusing but eventually, like, you maybe step away, you come back, and then all of a sudden something will click, and then you start going down that new path. And there, like I said, there is just a ton of content. I've been playing for hours, and I'm not even – I think I'm only about halfway done the game. Yeah, and really, if you're into the room, you're going to love Old Sins. I'm into it so much that I, whenever a new one comes out, I sit down and play it. I haven't really enjoyed House of Da Vinci, which is essentially the room – by different developers with a different theme. So this style's <laughs> never kind of going to grow old on me. But with that said, you kind of want Old Sins to do something a little different. It's really the same game. They didn't change the gameplay. It's a different setting, different character, different story, but they didn't introduce really anything new. So you still have that viewer that changes the perspective or the when you see that little rainbow sheen on something, you know you need the viewer you know you're going to have this box and it's going to open in different pieces and you take those pieces out, piece them back together in different places and you get into that cycle. That's not to say I'm not going to play through the game entirely, but I kind of just wish they would have changed the gameplay in some way. See, I don't know what else they would need to do. I mean, it's That's such a for winning them. formula. <laughs> but it's such a winning formula and it's not like these are cookie cutter things that they can just push out. There's so much polish and thought and rendering and everything that goes into this that obviously they spent a ton of time making this game. And I have no problem if they just want to keep on putting out the same style of game over and over again. I am happy to play through them. I, I mean, if they wanted to innovate, sure. But I don't know if they need to at this point. They're, because there's so much content and it's so well made, 
people could easily overlook that. I just respect Fireproof Games enough for them not to sit on their laurels when you have all other kinds of sequels in the App Store kind of doing different things, especially when you're charging a premium price and it's not just a free-to-play game. So that's just my perspective. Okay, fair enough. So that's The Room Old Sins. It's an extension of The Room series, and it's four ninety nine and it's universal. And then there's Thumper Pocket Edition. This game was available for pre-order at the start of the year, and now it's actually available. And it comes from the PC, and it's this rhythm-based, I use the term rhythm lightly, kind of like <laughs> accelerator type of game where you're on you know a cylinder essentially like a track and you swipe or tap and hold to react to fast moving things that come your way as you're speeding along and you play as this little metallic beetle and so there's parts where there's like these little lasers on the laser guides and you have to hold down and then you'll bust through them and then you'll get where the road bends to the left and so you have to swipe left if you don't you'll crash into it you'll lose your metallic shell and then your beetles prone at one more mistake ends the game so you have to either tap at the right time tap and hold or swipe at the right time to react to the things that you come your way and as you go there's longer extensions of these tap and swipe sequences and quicker kind of variations within them and like I said the loosely based on rhythm because there's like this thumping soundtrack in the background if you take a step back you can see how when you tap and swipe it's kind of in tune with the soundtrack but it's not like you can use the soundtrack to help you play the game you really have to use your more visual cues than audio cues to succeed Right, yeah, and there are some sequences where there'll be this giant, like, diamond thing, like, on the track in front of you, and when he fires at you, you have to time your tap to grab the thing he shot out, and then you release, and then it fires back at him, and he takes damage, and then enough hits, and he'll blow up, and then you continue on. The real thing about this game is the soundtrack the audio is amazing and and the visuals are captivating the sound itself it almost feels like surround sound coming out of the the stereo speakers on my ipad like it was crazy how good the sound was but the gameplay is kind of lackluster it's just it's repetitive and it's smooth as anything. Like levels go, blend right into each other. Never did stutter at all on, on my iPad Pro. But it's just kind of once you played it for five, ten minutes, I'm not sure there's much more there is other than speeding things up and chaining things slightly differently. It feels so repetitive at that point that I you almost kind of get bored and you're just gonna stop playing because there's nothing really new that's coming my way. I don't know. Maybe I just didn't play it enough to then hit some whole new sequence of stuff, but it just felt very repetitive and I just couldn't get into it for a long period of time. Yeah, I tried to, you know, we have from Thursday all the way to when we record on Monday night and each day I went back into it to see if I would change my opinion because there's no doubt the game is gorgeous, the 3D design, the way you have kind of these psychedelic atmospheres and everything's rendered so well as you're speeding along at high speeds. 
And then that amazing soundtrack plus just the sounds as you trigger each action. But through it all, it felt a bit like impossible, but it's simpler. It's not as complex. You know, the things you have to dodge, the obstacles don't come as you come at you as readily. I do like that there's levels where it's not just this endless run last for however long you can. But then with that said, you want those levels to do a bit more than become longer and change, you know, essentially they had the sequences where you have to turn and then hold and then it goes right into that tap and hold sequence. So it's really quick with extended periods. And if that's all that it's going to do, that's not enough to really vary the gameplay. Right. They just made it harder by chaining things quicker together, not by introducing even more new elements that switch things up even more than just the drag to the left, drag to the right, hold, and whatever the the, the initial ones were. It never seemed to get any more any different. It's just faster or longer. And to me, that's not creating new levels that's just kind of seeing how long the player will last until you make it so fast or they have to survive so long that they're never going to make it past level yeah i'm if you like those high speed games you'll like this game but with that said i don't know if it has the greatest stain power out in your device and i think that's the biggest problem especially when they're charging 499 for a game at first glance, which looks like those fast-paced, endless runner-type games. Right, yeah. There's, I think they're kind of hurt by there being too many similar games in the App Store that are free that are competing with this and your attention. Granted, it looks and sounds great, but uh, it's just not It's not there for $4.99. Yep, and so that's Thumper Pocket Edition, $4.99 and Universal. And next up is Super Fancy Pants Adventure, and I think it's the second Fancy Pants game that's made it to iOS, and so with the new installment, it's a brand new adventure that has the classic style. So if you've never played any of these Fancy Pants games, they're really based on the classic idea of Sonic. So they're fast-paced platformers that are all all about keeping your pace up, maintaining momentum, as you weave through these different courses. And with Fancy Pants, it kind of takes that sonic level design and amps it up because you have more of those like loops and changing angles and perspectives to the levels as you're running through them. And then this new edition changes up even more Fancy Pants by giving you special abilities. So you're going to unlock different, essentially writing tools because it fits in with the hand-drawn art style so for example you unlock a pin and then when you get to this like sheet of paper you then drag your finger on it to then he kind of surfs on that ballpoint pin to move through that region and then as you reach new areas you're going to unlock new writing utensils and it just is that classic just fast-paced platformer where you really need to maintain speed because if you lose momentum you're probably going to miss jumps or miss collectibles or fall right into enemy laps. So that explains why I can't get by the section <laughs> I'm stuck at. Okay, because I'm stuck with that giant piece of paper and I cannot move. And I cannot figure out how to get up to the platform I need to get up to. That would be why. Yeah, so I think this may actually be the 
third one because I think Chilingo released one at some point that yeah. disappeared from the App Store. I so thought they re-released one... it last year. I didn't know it was a different game. Oh, is it? It was a different company know. that released it. So maybe it was Chilingo that released the original, and that was just re-released in May of last year. But yeah, so. This is a lot. It, the Sonic comparison is good, it, although this feels a lot more open worldy. Like you have the freedom to go pretty much anywhere in these levels and kind of figure out where you need to go to exit to move on to the next level. You can even go back in levels and redo areas of levels. There's little hidden areas where you can do these additional little challenges, but everything feels much floatier than in like a sonic game it, it like even the controls feel floaty and it doesn't feel as tight or fast in portions of it as like a sonic game and i think that's where i was kind of disappointed with this game i'd played the other one that came out in may and i have still have the same problem with it where the touch controls they just it, because they're touch controls i just found it difficult to always be doing what I wanted to do. So like there's these little left and right, they're kind of virtual on-screen controls. And sometimes I found myself going the wrong direction. I had to look at the screen to make sure I was going in the correct direction. And the same goes, they have a, a three tiered button kind of stack to do your fighting. So you press up to do like a high hit, a down to do a low hit. And then middle is just kind of normal hit. But then next to that is another stack of up and down buttons that control like you're jumping. So I'd be trying to jump and I'd be hitting and I constantly found myself having to look at the screen in order to perform the controls. And I just found that took me out of it. I did try hooking up to an external controller and that worked so much better for movement. And you use basically like your normal little x uh plus shaped directional pad to move and then you have a button for jump and a button a single button for hitting and then you just kind of control if you want to do high or low by pressing up or down on that little directional pad the one thing i had a problem with with the physical controls was there are two other buttons there and so you have that little stack of four buttons. If you accidentally press one of those, one of them resets the level you're in. The other one does kind of like a weird screen refresh of the level you're in. And so you can easily accidentally hit those buttons while doing going around and cause yourself to have to redo a level that maybe you'd already done part of, and now you're back at the beginning of it. So that was a little frustrating, but it's an interesting... Uh, game and I think I, I like where they're going with it. I just felt like the controls need some work if you're going to sell it as a touchscreen game. Yeah, I only played it with the touchscreen controls to completely judge it in that regard and I found the same thing. The buttons do kind of float with you. There wasn't as many times where I tried to press jump and I didn't jump but even any times that you kind of stumble over that with the way the game is set up it kind of messes up your momentum and you have to reset. Like you said, there is that open world aspect, but that floaty term, it's, you know, it's kind of indescribable, but it's still, I definitely felt it where your character, he's off the ground a lot and it seems like it doesn't have the speed. Like the level seems to be moving quicker than the character. And then part of the problem with for me for any of these games is that it never shows that much of a level. It seems like if they zoomed out just a little bit, 
you'd have a better idea of what you're going into. There's sometimes where you're going to jump or something and you have no clue where you're going to head into. And if you're going to kind of base it on that Sonic idea, you should at least have a few more pixels in the scene available before the player has to do an action. So it's not, it feels a little bit random at times. Right, yeah, because there were times where I would jump, say there was a big open area to the left and a big open area to the right. They both look the same to me. I jump off to the right and that's insta-death. You die if you fall down there. But if I go off to the left, the, the level progresses down further. Well, there's no indicator to tell you, like, you can't go to the right or you you must go to the left. There's not like an arrow there saying go to the left. So it kind of tricks you into these cheap deaths. And even Sonic in some of their games, there's some of that too. But I, I definitely don't feel it as much in Sonic as with this game just because of that real openness to the game where you just have – you see hardly anything on the screen at times and then it's just open space. So you don't know where to go and there's no really like hints, but there is some times where they'll zoom the camera out, but you have no control over that. Like if you start to go fast, it'll sometimes pan out and then you can see, Oh wait, I have this long runway that can really build up the speed. I need to perform this certain action but it doesn't always do that. And you're kind of forced with whatever view they give you, which more times than not is not enough. Yeah. And with this type of game, it really is more detrimental. I think with a more kind of Mario style platform, it's not as big of an impact, but with this type of game, it really is more of a stumbling block. And with the other kind of control issues where you make that mistake, I just couldn't really get into it. I'm a huge platformer fan. I'm always interested in a new one, but Fancy Pants just doesn't seem to fit with what they're trying to do. There's like weird controls, weird scene things, and then that floaty idea that is counter to the overarching game design structure that they're setting up. Right, yeah. So I think if you're curious about the game, you should go download the free Fancy Pants Adventure that came out in May that'll give you a good feel of what this game is kind of all about. And then you can decide if you want to spend the the $4.99 on this much more expanded, larger title that they've just come out with through Congregate. Yeah, that's definitely a good idea. It's kind of most disappointing when you do hit your stride in this game and you nail like a section where you're really speeding along and doing that little curve backflip and jumping right onto an enemy's head and picking the collectibles up. But then once that sequence breaks, it always feels like, you know, it's kind of like out there, like in this nebulous tip of your tongue idea where you (laughs) have that sense you want to get back to it, but you never can seemingly get back to it. Yeah, I I just would like a little more direction of where I'm supposed to be going. I don't know. To me, it's just too open. And so that's Super Fancy Pants Adventure. It's $4.99 and it's universal. And then there's two smaller free games we wanted to talk about. So the first one, Slime Pizza, comes from Natromi. And it has that classic retro art style that Natromi is known for. And in this case, you play as this slime blob. And you pull back and then launch the slime. And he sticks to any wall or any surface that he hits. And you use that mechanic to weave through these levels. And the weird part about this game is the levels are so tiny. Like, it would really help if they were expanded out and there was more to do, but it seems like you make two jumps and you've reached the exit point. And it's like, 
that's kind of weird. Yeah. It does have that neat silly sausage and meatland risk reward checkpoint system where you can so you collect pizza, you can spend pizza to have that a checkpoint or you can keep going and try to make it to the next checkpoint because if you die along the way then you have to go to whatever last checkpoint you have. So you always have that risk reward. That's pretty neat. But the game itself it just I don't know how they chose the like level setups, but it seems like they're just missing a whole section of the level each time you go into a new room. The the slime is just too big. Like yeah. if they made the slime about half the size that he is, you could fit a lot more on the screen. The problem is he takes up I, like a quarter of the screen. Well, maybe not that much. Maybe an eighth of the screen. <laughs> but yeah, it is and a so big there's amount. really there's not a lot they can do on the screen within a level because he's so freaking huge. And so, and to me, it was that, and then the pacing just felt super slow. Like it was so methodical, you could easily step through. There was this dog that comes up, and he kind of tries to put pressure on you to move faster. But you still can take your time, and because he never slides down, like if you put him up on a ledge, he's gonna st- or on the side of a wall, he just sticks there forever. Like you would think eventually the slime would start to slide down, and he wouldn't stay exactly where you put him. But there's none of that. You're never fighting against anything. You can take your time going through the level, aim exactly where you want to go, and I just to me that just that wasn't there like the normal pressure that's in these games that kind of force you to make moves that you might not want to but you have to because something's after you and i just i i don't know it just felt off compared to their other games i just and where the levels were so short do you really even need to use those save checkpoints i don't know it just felt not up to par with everything that they've released in the past I definitely agree because it's set up as a puzzle platformer, but there's not that much puzzly and then there's not that much like platformer time constraint or impending doom constraint. So you're just kind of going through the motions, which doesn't help with this type of game. Nope. And so that's Slime Pizza. It's free. It's universal. And then there's Infinite West. It has a Hitman Go, Lara Croft Go design aesthetic, and it's essentially turning the Wild West into this chess board game where your goal is to defeat all of the enemies in a given level. There's this little grid base setup, and each enemy has different movement patterns. So some are knife-based enemies that have to get right next to you. Others have guns that can shoot, but they can either shoot in straight lines or diagonal paths or every two squares. So it's that whole chess piece idea. So you need to kind of get familiar with the different cowboys that can come your way. And then it's infinite in that you complete the level, it's on to the next, and you try to make it through as many levels as you can. If you die, you restart at the beginning. And so I was really getting into it. I was really intrigued by it. But once you beat level seven, it turns out there's a paywall. You can't go any further. So you didn't die, but then you have to buy the entire game to keep playing in the infinite setup. And I thought that was a really odd placement for a paywall. Well, they uh, they put that right in the description. They At least they tell you right up front. Like, you'll be able to play through seven levels and then you're going to have to pay. And right now they, they have the full payment is on sale for 40% off. So making it two ninety nine till like middle of February. But yeah, I, 
I, I was really intrigued by. I really liked. I had to keep on stopping to tap on each of the characters to remind myself of, oh, how is this person attack or where do they go, uh, so that I didn't put myself in a position where all of a sudden I'm going to get killed. I did like that they gave you choices of when you picked up these crates. So after you finish a level, you could go then pick up a crate and it's some sort of level up type thing. And you get to choose how you want to spend that. So it's up to you. Do you want to increase your overall health? Do you want to increase the range you can shoot with? And so depending on what choices you make of how you progress, it's going to change how you tackle the next level. And maybe you keep more distance, but and now you can shoot further so you can keep more distance from the enemies but take the, still take them out or maybe you decide to have your make it so you can move further so now you're going to be attempting to get up and close and take them out close and not use up your your restricted number of bullets and so it those will play into how you end up playing the levels, which I thought was unique because then you can really change it up from gameplay to gameplay and try different strategies and see what helps you make it further. Granted, you might keep stopping at level seven unless you want to pay, but I, I thought that was a nice aspect of the game. Definitely. Even just the ability to see how to always be able to remind yourself is a nice inclusion. And then to have mm -hmm. those different upgrades, you can change the way you play each time. And I wish that since it's called Infinite West, you could play the Endless mode because there's already a plus mode where it's a different mode. That would be cool if that was unlockable, but it still lets you play, you know, just an Endless mode for as long as you wanted to. But I see that I could see a lot of people wanting to upgrade just because it's a really neat mechanic that's executed really well. And once you start, because you'll lose a few times before you get to level 7, but once you reach level 7, I think you're fully invested in the game. Yeah, yeah. I, it's one of those where you're going to want to buy the in-app purchase. Like, And I, I'm glad they're doing this 40% off for, the, for two weeks because it gives the game time to get people talking about it and you don't have the, you, you can still play and find out if you're going to like it and you want to buy that unlock rather than feeling that force to try to quickly buy it and then maybe you didn't really want it or maybe you just didn't you, it, I don't know I like when they give you more time to jump in on those yep and so that's Infinite West it's free it's universal and I think that's everything for episode 52 yep that's all I got for this week to everyone listening, we hope you enjoyed, and we'll talk to you next time. Talk to you later.